The Celtic Exchange A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club Celtic are out the League Cup The summer transfer deadline edges ever closer And all hell's breaking loose Just three competitive games into the new season This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly This is Tino And this week I'm joined by Paddy and Sinky As we cover all things Celtic Paddy, all sorts of stuff to cover here today Where do you want to start? <laughs> as, uh, it's, it's a too big a question that the routine, you know. um, Too vague aye, aye, A lot, we've got a lot to cover So we're uh, 24 hours or so out for that result at Rugby Park What's your, your feeling now? Calm down a lot, me and you've done the, the post-match Some strong words, I don't think any of them uh, out of order But what's your general feeling just now? I don't think I've taken much per- perspective from anything yet um, I still think that there's a lot of questions to be answered um, And time will tell um, 11 days, I think to the window fully shuts um, so yeah we need to we really need to get the finger out yeah Sinky welcome back to the show first appearance of the season um, I'd usually call you a glory hunter coming back <laughs> in at, at good times <laughs> not the case at the moment what's been happening oh, I, agreed, I agreed to come back uh, last week obviously I, before yesterday's um, farce at Rugby Park but yeah it's good to be back yesterday wasn't a good day at all I know you boys covered a lot in the post match and obviously 24 hours on now Take, take the emotion out and kind of have a real look at it from a, another couple of perspectives. I know you mentioned the word arrogance yesterday, Paddy, quite strong words, which is absolutely spot on. But yeah, it's good to be back. Wish it was better circumstances, but uh, hey-ho, here, here we are. There we go, keeps things interesting. Exactly. Um, you say the, the emotion's out now and it's kind of calm, clear heads and we'll see how that goes over the next hour or so, but... Are you still kind of annoyed at the result, frustrated by it? Any other emotions kind of doing the rounds at the moment? I'm annoyed. You summed it up yesterday in the post-match. The word flat, I mean, that was one of the worst first halves I've seen since probably the Lennon season during COVID. It was it was so, so flat. No intensity, um, lack of shape, lack of identity. There was, there was nothing. Obviously, with the Ange stuff, we're used to playing a certain style and Ange got that the first six games, we can see what he was doing with the inverted fullbacks, we can see that. I couldn't figure out what the plan was yesterday at all. Um, there was certain occasions during the game where we were setting our halves, and even Taylor as well, just lumped the ball up the left-hand side to Amade. It was just like, what is what is the plan? What is the strategy? I know Rodgers is trying to do little tweaks here and there about Kyogo dropping deep and stuff like that, but it just didn't look as though we had a, a, a clear strategy where Kilmarnock absolutely did. Mm. They were narrow, they were compact, they had a, they were they knew what they were doing, man for man, and we just didn't have that at all. It looked so disjointed. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Paddy, do you think it was made a wee bit more frustrating that Angeball was in full flow on Saturday night over at... Uh... Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, V-Man, you? Yeah, definitely. I think we were talking about that um, just before we come on. Um, the performance and what you could already see from a, a, a Tottenham team that's it's nowhere near the finished article, but you could just see glimpses of what we've watched over the last two years. Um, and the praise coming his way already, rightly so. Um, you fast forward 24 hours and watch watch what we put on yesterday and it's that transitional thing that I'm talking about. But y- yesterday I, I spoke about the hope of some sort of identity of, of obviously uh, go drop him a bit deeper allowing our two um, allowing our two attacking mids to get in behind um, we left Callum McGregor extremely exposed yesterday because trying to do that and that is credit to Kilmanner he's read the tactics after two games Derek McInnes um, and he's, he's shut us off pretty easily that's the worry for me I think it worked once to good effect and it put uh, Matt O'Reilly in and he should have done much better and, and obviously we now rue that missed opportunity but it seems that Kamarnock then twigged you can say what you want about Kamarnock and their, their robust tactics and their approach but they're well drilled as you say Sinky and they're maybe just they've done the basics better than Celtic on the day I wonder as well we're obviously going to get stuck into this in a bit of detail but I wonder as well if there's a bit of anxiety doing the rounds you mentioned the Covid season Sinky and we made a pact never to speak about that but you can't not <laughs> speak about it at times but um, Celtic were winning at the start of that season they won the opening game 5-0 Viakis didn't they and different things like that and despite the wins a lot of folks say that you're getting the wins but things just aren't quite right does it feel a wee bit like that just now we won the first two games but not completely convincingly we've only lost one game let's calm down and all that but is there a wee bit of that feeling creeping in? That's a wee bit I mean the Ross County game obviously they scored two at Parkhead Aberdeen they were a bit toothless but they had a, they had a decent go at us um, the performance against Aberdeen wasn't where it should be. We spoke about it last week's show. There was, there was, it was always Kilmarnock's obviously seen that. 
seen watch those two games. They've had a go. They've I mean the usual tactic is to play park the bus and all that. Because Camarillo didn't park the bus yesterday at all as I said at the start they were very compact they knew what we were doing they allowed us to actually they allowed the two centre-halves to get the ball right then they high-pressed do you notice that they had allowed the two and then then it went wide to Ralston and they were on Ralston like a shot the amount of times Ralston had to check back in himself or play it up the line so all credit to Kilmarnock um, they, they knew what they were doing they obviously done their homework but we were poor I mean even I know you, we don't talk about the, the park we mentioned that in the post-match yesterday as well Kamarnock as well have signed 10 players, eight of which started yesterday. I know that there were a couple of boys making their, their debuts. You need to take all the excuses away. We should be able to put 11 players out there to beat a Kamarnock side, regardless of the park, anything at all. So it just wasn't good enough. Don't worry, we'll rattle through the excuses at the top of the show and then we'll dismiss them. <laughs> them there, there are some excuses you can, you can make your own call on how valid they are or not. I think there were strong rumours that you were up at Celtic Park during the COVID season chucking the fences about after that defeat by Ross County. Will you be back up again if we don't get this transfer window right? Is the fences still up? Uh, I don't know, but you can, you can grab some of this fences. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get back up if they're still there. Yep. Okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. So first up, we'll play the blame game and assess who should take most responsibility as Celtic exit the League Cup at the first hurdle. Is it the manager? Is it the players? Is it the board? Or is it a combination of all three? Then with the transfer deadline fast approaching, we'll look at what areas are an absolute must and if that's changed at all based on what we've seen over the first few games. Then it's time for this week's Path to Paradise as Sinky gets his first crack at identifying the career path of a well-known ex-Celt. And finally, we close out the show with our listener's question, which comes from one of our Celtic Exchange Plus subscribers this week, and which is particularly relevant at this moment in time. OK, let's get started by taking a closer look at that surprise defeat by Kilmarnock at the weekend. And on that note, Paddy, was it a genuine surprise or did you see this maybe coming down the tracks? I, th I think that we've all had that little bit of fear um, after the first couple of games that something isn't fully clicking yet. Um, I'm more likely to allow players to get, to get used to the system that Rodgers wants to play. We You spoke about the, the Lennon season. I think it was the game against Rangers in October when we get beat. That was the first time we get beat that season. Um, and I think that was a realisation that we were all kind of waiting on that. It was a, such a poor performance. So possibly a blessing in disguise this has happened so early on in the season. Uh, the same season under Lennon, we, we scraped through in the League Cup against Infermline. Um, and I, I think that it's just, it just bemoans of players not, A, not getting used to the system quick enough or B, not not wanting to get used to it. Um, so I think it's a good thing that this has happened at, the, at this point, but it's worrying that we've had six, seven weeks of this manager in place and the players that we have here at the club haven't bought in because let's look at it, three players have left that were part of a treble win inside, that does not deplete your full team. And I understand that we've got injuries, but we were on the edge of our seats last year watching every single player getting used um, and coming on, um, whether it was starting to live in every week or whether they were coming on as subs, we were happy with the players coming in, maybe bar one or two. So to see such a disjointed performance yesterday, that's the the, the real worry for me. Yeah, and since I asked Paddy the question, you, you'll have heard it in the post-match, it's quite a dramatic question, but you know the suggestion was or is there a disconnect between Brendan Rodgers and the player? Now that's quite a strong statement at this early juncture, but do you see something like that? Or as Paddy says, is it maybe more just a bit disjointed just now? You know, it's not a, a you know a big drama at this moment in time, but there's certainly a, a few pieces aren't quite fitting together, yeah, are they? It's a, it's a new manager. It's a it's a new style. I mean, a lot of the guys we've brought in are used to Ange. I think there's only three players from the Rodgers' previous tenure, including Scott, Scott Bain, Forrest, and McGregor. Mm -hmm. So it's for all these guys, it is a brand new it's a brand new way of working. So I, I do believe that it's a we're in a transitional period. But football's football, right? These are professionals, right? You, you always stick to the system. They're all, they're all given they've got given clear messages before the game. But Rogers wanna kinda he's wanna hate to nothing here because on the back of last year's success, we're gonna measure him on that. So coming in as a manager we need him to replicate what happened last year and the only way to measure him is to replicate that and kick on in the Champions League. So I think, I think there's a lot of work to be done. But thing, people, I think you touched on it, Paddy, I know yourself last week, talked about the likes of Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor is no longer a conventional left-back. He's now an inverted full-back, which has been great, arguably one of the best players of the season last year because of that. You're asking him to go back to being a conventional left-back where 
I believe he struggled previously um, during that during that initial first season replacing Tierney. So it is very, very disjointed at the moment and they're in a traditional period. But I do believe that these guys are paid a good whack. They're professional footballers. They should be able to adapt to different styles and different management styles. I seen the thing on the on the Twitter feed last night about Rogers being more a man manager, not an authoritarian. I, I, I get that, but playing for Celtic, you're expected to turn up and perform every week and we never done that yesterday yeah yeah. there's there, there's lots to that I mean the Greg Taylor thing it's almost like he's been trained out of being a regular left back and how do you train him back to that it mm-hmm. looks like there's there's some way to go if that's what we want to do mm-hmm. you, you rightfully point out the fact that Brendan Rodgers he's been engaged against Angie's success so five trophies in two seasons including the treble last season okay so that's fine but he knew what he was stepping into and he knows the responsibility he's fallen at the first hurdle so it's not like he's just fallen short of a treble but also there's, there's this, we're in this ridiculous position where we're now benchmarking it if we don't win the treble every season it's a failure which is ludicrous Callum McGregor spoke after the game Paddy and he was saying it just shows you how tough it has been Celtic have won was it five trebles in the last seven eight seasons and I think at times it doesn't get the credit it deserves because one slip one bad day and you can have a, a bad day at the office that's that's life but it shows you how how tough it is to do what they've done so far. Of course it does, and I think that's a it's a timely reminder um, to us as supporters of the achievement achievements that we have we have brought in at this club over the, over that time you've mentioned. You know, I think the the disappointing thing is is that it wasn't just a a one nothing defeat where you know they've they've snatched and grabbed. We didn't look in the game at all. Um, I think there was the. Matt O'Reilly chance and I think another shot on target and I can't really remember much else from us mm. that's that's the most concerning bit and I think this is where this worry is coming in from Celtic fans because that is what is the true reminder of what happened at the beginning of, of that infamous season under Lennon um, and I think that we just it's hard to remain calm I, I, I try to as much as I can and I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt, the fact that there are injuries, the fact that it is a new system and the fact that maybe we haven't been able to sign the players that we want to sign. But I'm also pretty disappointed that we're at this point just now and it's not it's not looking good. I think that's fair, but seeing as you brought up the excuses, Paddy, and not me, I will just run through them uh, just here. And listen, as I say, I, I hate excuse culture. It, it's not something I'm into in terms of football and, and Brendan, Brendan Rodgers won't be into it, Ange wasn't into it, and I think... I was going to say, I think if you're at elite level, I'm not saying that I am, but there, you can't allow it, you can't entertain it, and you can't allow it in your dressing room. But there are, you know, other factors at play. So, seven injuries, seven key injuries. Alistair Johnson, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Stephen Welsh, fresh off the back, I said in a new deal. How, how bad luck is that? Kobe Ashe got injured in his first pre-season in his native uh, Japan. Rayo Hitati picked up the calf knock last week. O picked up the calf knock against Atletico Bilbao. And Marco Tellio, we've not seen him at all. So, there, there's seven players that... Could all play a different part. You can argue the merits of, you know, who's more important there. Alistair Johnson, Cattle Vickers and Rio Hitati are mainstays of Celtic's first 11. So they're key players to be missing out uh, in, you know, in the early part of the season. In terms of incomings, there's a question to you lads about who's genuinely first team ready. We've got Mike Navrocki, Gustav Lagerbielka, Odin Thiago Holm and Yang. I'd say you could argue a case for all of them. Quan, zero minutes under Brendan Rodgers. Marco Tillo that we've mentioned. Um, Starfelt's out of the building he's gone to La Liga all fine there and I think we've replaced him okay with the two centre-halves but let's talk about Jota for a second can you replace a guy like Jota? I think he was an absolute superstar Sinky one of the most natural talents that we've seen at Celtic in years gone by Paddy you're crying out for a winger but you you can't replace a guy like that too easily can you? No he's EDX factor um, a bit of spark creativity something out of nothing offer completely something different from a, from a normal one to come inside can score goals it's hard to replace that. I mean, obviously, the season on loan, we got him for just under seven million. So we knew what we were getting. But to replace a guy of that standard with a pro- any projects, it's not going to work. So we need to speculate to accumulate sometimes. And obviously, we're linked to numerous names, the guy for Wills, Daniel Prudence and stuff like that. But Jota's, you're right, you know, he's irreplaceable, to be honest. The word on the street is that it's all going pear-shaped, Paddy, in Saudi Arabia and... Who would have thought that a free spirit like Jota would struggle in, in such a part of the world? <laughs> um, so it seems that Aleta had a look at options at, at removing him from the club. Re- Should we reach out and just say, listen, forget all about that 25 mil. You just keep it. Don't, oh, don't, don't do the transfer. 
bring bring you home and we'll just we'll, 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 we'll spend it anyway we're still going to sing <laughs> there's, back. Well, there's also a few, a few reports saying that a, a few players not just Jota are looking for wages paid up full and to leave so in full, in full. That, that'd so be, do that'd we be a nice lift. do we say do I just come back here <laughs> can he still get his gaff Ah, why not he's, he, he's, he's probably still left iron on he's, just, he's only just out the door so um, anyway so you know Starfield replaced him okay I think Aaron Moy less of a need to replace Aaron Moy given that he was fleeting in his appearances but Jota tough act to follow um, and hard to replace such a guy I would say one thing you on the Aaron Moy thing though I'm not saying Moy was definitely the answer for this but um, we need to bolster our centre mid set up we'll get to it it's valid uh, and we'll get to that just a, a wee bit later in the piece my last excuse, artificial surface, pitch been brought in, you know, all that kind of stuff, but we can't go on about that. Celtic won 4-1 and 5-0 at Rugby Park last year. We know how to deal with the surface, or at least we should. A um, couple of things that can't go um, uncommented on. Uh, we were well beaten the day, that's fine. Greg Taylor getting elbowed in the mouth and then being off getting treated for said injury whilst the guy who does the elbow and sets up the goal. What's far for if it's not picking up guys getting elbowed in the head? Um, and the penalty on Haksabanovic, Paddy, you and I covered it. It is a penalty. So it, it, it would have papered over the cracks, would have potentially stolen a draw and taken it to extra time. Um, you can argue all that, but the rules of the game are there for a reason. So, I mean, what do you take of those two incidents? Oh, the, the Taylor one was a shocker, you're right. With total disadvantage with him playing with 11 or 10 because he's took a, a, an elbow to the jaw on the side of the head. So that isn't ideal. And the penalty is an absolute stone war. But the good thing is, Val's get a lot quicker. You noticed that? Yes, <laughs> that was the quickest ever Val decision in the history of Scottish football yesterday. Quicker, so. <laughs> quicker when it suits. Um, but listen, despite all of this, you know, all this chat, and, and, it, and it is excuse kind of stuff, despite all of that, Celtic must be beating Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. And I was having a look, I put an article out earlier on today. There's eight full internationals in the start of 11 uh, from Sunday, three of which the three, you know, that aren't included in that are guys like, I think it's Lager, Bielka, Navrocki, and Matt O'Reilly, who are all under 20 slash under 21 internationals. So they, they will become full internationals in due course. Um, we beat Kelly four times last season, an aggregate score of 13 1. And, you know, just the excuses fall flat when you look at all those factors, by the way. Just really, really poor performances. And this is where I, I brought up yesterday in the, the post-match about arrogance. I think a lot of the starting 11, possibly those that haven't entirely bought into the system, still think that they've got enough about them to go and walk over a team, um, especially off Kilmarnock standing. But they've got off to a brilliant start this season and they look very well organised against us. And if you're not up for the fight in those kind of games, you'll get found out pretty quickly. I think a few, I mentioned Dyson Maeda. Last week I said I loved the guy. Um, I, I would attract that Dyson if you don't get your finger out <laughs> Love on the rocks there Paddy um, Most folk have heard it's Brendan Rodgers' first domestic cup defeat in charge of Celtic stats over 25 games so that's a sore one for him to lose he'll be annoyed at that and apparently I read a stat today um, just the fifth time in 50 years that we failed to make the last eight of the League Cup so that comes from at Celtic FC Trivia on Twitter didn't have time to check it so I hope he's right <laughs> but that's a hell of a stat um, listen I mentioned at the top though you know who's at fault Brendan Rodgers the players the board you know a mix of the above question one Brendan Rodgers is there a stronger team he could have picked on the day Sinky and if so what was it? Yeah, you could argue the fact we'd be Yang after, after Aberdeen last week but I think he's picked his strongest team um, with not much options on the bench to, to go at. I, I get back to what I said earlier, regardless of the team he picks, there, there was something missing as Paddy's auditor, like the, the heart and desire. It's interesting, when we sign a player, sign any new player and they do the press conference, they come on and they talk about the Champions League and playing in front of 60,000. Right? They sell them the dream. They don't mention they need to go to Kamar looking and Livy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, they don't tell them that. So, but I'm sure Callum McGregor's and, and Rogers gave them the message, listen, you need to be up for this. Derek McInnes' teams are notorious for their, their tactics and they, they dig in and they, they're hard to beat. We just weren't up for it yesterday at all. Yeah, Paddy, it's question two in relation to Rogers. So question one, you know, could he have picked a stronger team? I don't think so. I think it's just about as strong as it gets. But, you know, moving on from that, why does the team seem to lack intensity and identity, as Sinky said, desire, a bit of fight? They just look so passive at various times. Was it yourself or somebody mentioned the throw-ins? Just as an example, yeah. how long it's taken to take throw-ins. I know that's just a small part of the game, but it, it reflects your intensity to get the ball into play and, and get things moving. It's it's lacking badly at the moment. So I take you back to Rogers' first spell and probably the last 18 months of it. Um, a lot of the performances, we were very good at breaking teams down, but a lot of teams, when they caught on to it, were very good at defending against it. 
And I think that a lot comes back to the European games we would play in. Um, allowing our defence to have the ball whilst every other channel is closed. And I, I seen a lot of that yesterday and it just reminded me of what I'd watched before under Rodgers. That needs to change. That needs to move. It's what you mentioned, thinking about the full the centre back's been allowed to have the ball. Yeah. There, there's no threat when they've yeah. got the ball, is there? There was zero pressing. The minute we got to a certain area of the park, they pressed us straight away and put pressure on us. And you noticed that when they when we shelled it three or four times they made in the first half on the left hand side, there was no other option apart from that big long shelled on the left. So we played it. We played it to Commandock's hands. Yeah. They, they must have been like, this is this is great. They've obviously watched us, done their homework. And they've just took advantage of the situation. I've seen some folk on Twitter and it's a suggestion I can't get on board with. Um, basically saying, if it's not working for Rodgers, why doesn't he just go and start playing handball? And that's not how it works, is it? Managers come with an identity, rightly or wrongly. Every manager's got a way they want to play. Harry Redknapp will play a certain way and, you know, Tony Pulis will play a certain way and Jose Mourinho and all that kind of stuff. You can't just say, my system's not working. What was Ange doing? John Kennedy, what was Ange doing? Let's just do that. Football's not as simple as that, Paddy, is it? It's not, I get that it's it's quite an easy answer to give though. I, I understand that it's what what we've watched last year, the season before, five trophies out of six, really strong. It was your Twitter account I took it from. <laughs> That's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> All right, okay. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's an easy thing to say. There's so much more that goes with it. Um, there will be points of this team that will want to revert back to how they were playing. Absolutely. And you've even heard Rogers say he's given them that freedom to revert back to what they probably know of he, he's not saying that it has to be rigid in his in his tactics every single performance but what he is doing now and what should have been happening maybe four or five weeks ago is trying out new tactics and it's failing it's failing on the on the park and that's that's the worry is why have we not implemented three or four different different styles in pre-season got the players up to scratch with that in training and when we're trying to implement it on, on your, your proper domestic side it's struggling that's a that's a big question Mark over the manager there for me maybe so you mentioned that he's given players freedom and, and autom autonomy to make decisions on the park you can see that by Greg Taylor he, he can't help himself he just no. keeps landing in the midfield and I get given a bit of freedom you know set up a system have a structure in place and have that as a, a loose template you know to play within but you can't keep allowing that to happen. And at some point you need to say, do you know what, Greg, get back to left back and, and do that job. And that that's not just picking out Taylor. There's lots of guys who seem to be you know, drifting into positions where they shouldn't be. To move on to players, so moving away from Rodgers at the moment and to move on to players. And I've mentioned Greg Taylor there, thinking, why are so many key players and experienced players out of sorts? Definitely Taylor. Joe Hart's not at himself. And Callum McGregor, surprisingly, also isn't at himself at this moment in time. It's a hard one because... It's, obviously it's a new manager that's come in but still there's still the same it's still the same job it's still they're not asked to do anything out of the ordinary it's 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 a strange one to you know, I really don't know the, I don't know how to explain it it's just like we've went backwards slightly and Callum Beggar's went in himself Hart's went in himself a little bit as well Taylor's all at sea I think it's due to the the, the different instruction asking about more conventional left back but McGregor and Hart shouldn't he be I mean vice captain captain they shouldn't be getting themselves they should be kind of leading for the front um, but with the, Rod, the Rodgers stuff as well it's he's wanting to put his stamp on things um, he doesn't want to he doesn't want Ange Ball right and he want that's I've seen this, this transition from, from Ange Ball to the way Rodgers wants to play these guys are so used to that and uh, do you know what they've been successful doing it getting it to buy into this new way if he wants to the way he wants to work it's going to be a longer process because I said the players that we've bought the last couple of years have been bought to play Angeball in that system so getting them out of the, the, the good habits and getting them out of other good habits is really different that change that change transformation is going to be so so hard and it's not going to happen overnight um, but as I said the, the system should always be the system the personnel will change but we should always be used to be playing the way, the way we play it and see yesterday and the you, you couldn't even see that at all no I, I, I totally agree with you I think that it will take time but my, my, my worry here is that if like we've, we've said already, these guys are professional footballers. They're getting paid very, very handsomely. Surely you've got to you've got to buy in. That's your job. You've got to buy into what your manager is telling you. And and I look at you know we're, we're speaking about a transition. We've spoke about obviously Ange already. You see glimpses of what he's done with us already at Spurs. 
the first four weeks of his first season at Celtic was up and down all over the place. Were we, were we worried? We probably didn't think we were going to win the league that year, but I tell you what, we were impressed with the football we were seeing and we, were, we knew this is going somewhere. We already had a part identity by the end of August. There's nothing there. As part of it, with the Brendan Rodgers situation being what it is or what it was, the fact that he, you know, he left you know, mid-season and all that stuff, he's got less leeway than any other new manager. Ange came in and it was a bumpy four, five, six weeks paddy, but there was um, goodwill towards him. That there's not a lot of goodwill towards Brendan Rodgers and you can a- apply that to us, to fans and maybe also to players and maybe the moment they see weakness, bumps in the road, he's getting short shaft. There was a whole bundle of folk yesterday Could, couldn't wait to see him fail. Of but course. I'm saying that quite you know, strongly there but it was almost like they were happy to take the defeat so they could pull out the I told you so uh, card. So, I want me to say that again? Uh, I told it. you so card. <laughs> And it's poor to see that you know people almost willing Celtic to win just so they can prove a point. Hey, listen, if you don't fancy Rodgers, that's fine. But you support Celtic, you don't support the manager, you don't support the players. You're a Celtic supporter, and there's people that were happy that Celtic didn't win yesterday. I don't think this should be happening with the players, though. As as Sinky mentioned, there's only three from his last his last spell here. I think as as your job, what you're paid to do, you should be buying in to your new manager and. Playing, playing for the jersey, playing for the money you're already getting, but playing for that jersey and not one of them, not one of them wanted to get stuck in yesterday at all. It seems to have a wee bit of buy-in for the guys that they play a lot last year. See, like, see a Turnbull, mm-hmm. your Abada, players like that who didn't really run in and out the team last year. And is there a, a plea for them? It's a, it's a second chance it's, to learn for them. It's like that, and they've, 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 they've grasped it. I mean, but the rest of the guys who've been playing all the time are just quite quite static but then having said that as well Sinky he's not held back at the end yesterday and spoke about the quality he's not got it he, he needs to, he, he needed to address that because it was there for everybody to see just the thing about players buying in or not to what Brendan Rodgers is doing managers and coaches come and go almost as much as players nowadays you've gone all the days of managers being in spells for 5, 7, 10 years that, that's done managers move just as, as often as players so yeah, I know a lot of guys had a great time under Ange, uh, you know, and they'll be sad to see him go, I'm sure. But he's gone, get used to it. Because as you say, you both say that your pro footballers paid handsomely to do so. Suck it up, make your peace with the fact that Ange is gone and unless he's wanting you down at Spurs, you'll need to adapt to this new system very quickly. Because what's the alternative? Just downing tools, throwing toys out the pram. And I, I don't know the answer, Sinky, you're kind of saying you can't quite put your finger on it. Nor can I, nor can a lot of folk, but something's not right, there is this... I go back to the word disconnect, but there's whether it's that or disjointed or just something's not right. No, I know, and it's it's here to see. It's no, it's it's, it's quite visible. But how do you get that? How do you get that reconnect? It's, it's up to Rogers to identify where where the issues are. And he mentioned bringing in, in quality. As I said, I looked at the start. They should have enough quality to beat, to beat a team like Kilmarnock. Yeah. Regardless, but there needs to be. Ugh, there needs to be a bit of a shift change and the guys need to buy in. I know we Ange, I mean, how we talk, talked about it, I think Jota mentioned it last year or two years ago, it was the Real Betis game, where it took them to kind of buy into what he was doing. It was all trial and error, failing at it, trying it, giving away silly goals. And but the Rodgers stuff, he needs to put his own stamp on it. And I, and I think as well with Rodgers, you've, you've mentioned the emotion about the fans, obviously, about the return. Mm-hmm. Right? It's people have still... That bitter, bitter pill to swallow him coming back and they're waiting on him Tino right? they're, they're waiting on him failing right? they're setting up to fail but also as well I mentioned the benchmark of the treble last year and and answered the, the relationship with the fans Roger left it in bad circumstances but the hardest thing for a manager to come into success do you know I mean, Ange came in when we were absolutely on our knees, right? Complete rebuild job, new players, freshening things up, different style. Rogers came in a successful team to maintain success is more difficult to build on failure. So it's that losing that game yesterday, is, people are just going to jump all over yeah. that regardless. Yeah, and I think Brendan Rodgers needs to get that. Um, you talked about that Jota moment. I, I know it well and I remember the, the interview. Jota basically spoke, and I don't know how far into Angie's tenure it was, eight, nine games, something like that, but we played Betis and he said and something just clicked. But we, don't, we didn't even win the game, did we? We drew no. three, we got two, we were up 2-0, weren't we? We were up 2-0. I'll be in a Yeti squad yeah, if I remember. Did. <laughs> uh, anyway, but there was a moment during that game and, and Jota pinpointed it and he said, we just, it just came together and we, just, we knew there was something to that system. Brendan Rodgers definitely hasn't had that validation moment within this current squad and he needs it. And he needs it soon because we're going to... I'm going to say a couple of tough games. We should be well capable of beating St. Johnson next weekend, but then you're at Ibrox the weekend after. He needs it 
ASAFP Sinky. He needs to get that sorted. So. Champions League. Yeah. Champions. Uh, listen, we've spoken, you know, fair bit there about Rodgers, fair bit about the players and, and what's right and what's wrong. We also need to look at the board, absolutely. So serious funds in the bank, um, as we all know. Paddy, why are we leaving it so dangerously close to the end of the transfer window to properly back the manager? It, it's almost got the feel as if it's a bit of a, a downsizing going on at the moment. Um, for, for me, I, I said this at the beginning of like when, when we came back after the summer, you know, I, I was speaking to James and Miff and I thought it was more along the lines of, you know, the players will come. It's just going to be a bit more harder in the market. And I still think that that is an element of what we're up against just now. I think teams will know we've got more money. I think a big thing is, is that there's a lot of players sitting there watching who we go and sign and a lot of Celtic players will be saying, well, hang on, if he's on that amount of wages, what am I on here? What am I getting? It's keeping the boat steady. Um, this is where they earn their money. This is this is not for us to sit and worry about. This is for them to sit and worry about. This is their day-to-day. And the, the fact is, we're backing them every single season. We're paying for our season books. We're paying for monstrosity football tops. We're paying, we're following them everywhere across Europe. We're following them everywhere around the country. And it just feels that when we take three, uh, one step forward, we're taking three steps back at the moment. I, I, I generally thought that when Ange came in and Ange seemed to single-handedly do quite a lot of the, the scouting work, the coaching work all by himself, I thought that Michael Nicholson was possibly the guy that to kind of take us into the next step. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. And that's a worry. That really is. As a worry, and they've got... 10 days or so to prove us wrong mm-hmm. and, and we'd all be delighted if, if they'd done so. Paddy, am I being too kind to Michael Nicholson and the board by saying sometimes there's just factors out with your control here, players and their agents playing hardball. We've talked about the Saudi element and, and what that's kind of done to European football in recent times. Um, am I being too kind to say, ah, listen, that's just football. You can't, you know, you can't just go and pluck players and, and decide that they're going to be your player and that's it. Four weeks ago, I would have, I would have agreed with you. Looking at it now, um, we, we've really got to capitalise on what, what could be a lot of money made from gaining Champions League qualification next season and the seasons thereafter. The big worry is is that our coefficiency points are dropping this season and we need to start winning games in Europe as well to hope that this props us up again um, and moving into this new format and making sure that we've got teams ready that if we do have to play qualifiers we're not relying on near beat on at centre half. Certainly not. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just we're playing a dangerous game, aren't we? Sanky, there's there's always the suggestion that when things like this happen, Celtic are reverting to type. Celtic aren't famed for building from a position of strength. You know, we win things, we get success, and then we downsize or we take the foot off the gas or we stop backing the manager. We've had two years of phenomenal domestic success, at least. You know, Europe's a different story, but five trophies in six. And it certainly feels like that. And, and I'm more than willing to ride out the 10 days, however, however ropey that's going to feel. But and then making a full judgment. But this moment in time, as we're discussing it, does it feel like Celtic are downsizing, going back the way? Sutton mentioned it in a comment yesterday about we've went backwards, and, and, and he's right to some degree. The whole, I mean, Roger spoke about every interview, he's asked about marquee signings quite a lot. And he said, we've got a model, we've got a model. The model's fine, but see the next 10 days, we need to kind of, we need to have a good look at ourselves and see that model. It's fine me bringing in two or three projects. Aye. But you can't take you can't take the projects into a level like the Champions League and expect them to perform. They need to be integrated gradually over a, over a season to see if they can live up to the expectations, thrive in the environment, and be coachable, as he, as he alluded to in his comments the other day. But I, the model just now it does work. The money ball model it does work. But the next ten days we need to buy recognised quality. We've not replaced quality for quality especially with Jota we've replaced quality with, with, with quantity I mean don't get me wrong some of the new boys can go straight in the two centre halves mm-hmm. one of them will partner CCV they'll, 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 two of them will fight it out to see who's going to be the, the next star, Starfelt so but we really need to look at replacing quality for quality in the next 10 days is, is pivotal signing, a, signing another South Korean player that, that could be good who's raw who needs to integrate right. a new cut it's not going to work we need to but some, some of the ones that are mentioned obviously Scott McTominay's mentioned Kieran Tierney's been mentioned that's a pipe dream mm. right that's an absolute I mean that's fantasy fantasy land I think Celtic in the next couple of days or the next week or two need to really get the finger out and don't get me wrong Michael Nicholson has done a great job but as I say sometimes it's like playing the old football manager you send, you send your scouts to Scandinavia they, they, they discover a wonder kid and you sign him and you put him in, you put him in the bench and he becomes a great player over the course of that we need to actually 
and you mentioned wage, the wage structure and stuff like that, Paddy, we need to look at, we've put McGregor, we've put Kyogo on a decent salary, we've moved that salary up the way, we can afford to now get people close to yeah. that or even above it. I mean, if you're if you're a if you're a player at Celtic and you bring in you, you bring in another player who's who you know is a quality player, you've seen them play, they're an international player and they're getting paid more money, that's just life. Mm-hmm. If, if you're if you're better at a job, you're gonna get paid more money for it. Yeah. So I know it upsets the dressing room and stuff like that, but that's just life in general, not just football. And Paddy, the the model's the model. But the model has to evolve, doesn't it? That can't just be what what brought you success two years ago or even twelve months ago or even in the January window, albeit we didn't have much success, but you know, you can't just say, oh, that was decent for a while, we'll just stick with that, you know, for the foreseeable. You need to move with the time. Celtic are now in a different space than they were when Ange came in. You know, we're now looking to target further success in Europe and to further develop the squad and, and what's going on. And we need to make changes. And surely we'll have learned from, for the most part, under Ange, we got players in early, we got players comfortable in the system and we were prepared for these games ahead. We've got a huge game at Ibrooks on the 3rd of September and I think it'll be the 19th or 20th of September when we play our first Champions League game. We are out prepared for those games at this moment in time. We are and I, I even think players coming in before those both those games are going to struggle to be up to speed with uh, the way that we're wanting to play. We're hoping that the squad that we have at the moment is that little bit more convinced and a little bit more... Um, bought in to what Rodgers is wanting to to, to to play and I think that the, the game in the thirds are a very very difficult one now I really do and that's that's our own fault yeah, I was going to say we, we've always moaned about playing the qualifiers and not getting our business done early now we've got a bit of tight media business and we've obviously we've made the signings we've made and based on our project signings but yeah. as I say we've, we've, having that time frame Right, and we've not used it to the advantage. We're getting to 10, 11 days now before the window shuts and we've not done the correct business. Let's take it back to Brendan Rodgers just as we're starting to wrap up this section. So we've, we've covered Rodgers, we've covered the players, we've covered the board and they're all culpable, aren't they? You know, all three areas, you know, must, must do better eh, across the board. But here's a question that's doing the rounds about Brendan Rodgers. The Brendan Rodgers that's come back here to Celtic Park second time around... Are we getting some sort of Brendan Rodgers light paddy? Is it a sanitised version of himself? He doesn't seem the same, I don't know, almost, I quite like his kind of spikiness and, and, and his sharpness of character. Doesn't seem to be there just now, does it? And I wonder, is he, I don't know, is he playing down? Is he feeling a wee bit awkward about the way it's all played out? What do you think? Are we getting the, the full the full Brendan? I, I, can, I can the full Brendan. I can see what you mean. I think uh, he's definitely not as animated as he was the first time round. And I think that he... We'll only do that when things are rosy. Um, behind the scenes, I, I, we all know what he can do. We all know what he can do. I think hearing that yesterday was just a start reminder for a lot of fans as well that that's his first domestic cup defeat as a as a Celtic manager. He's an incredible coach. Um, we need to we need to support him because whether we like it or not, he's he's a Celtic manager, and I think that we we're, we're Celtic supporters. We need to get behind him. Our board need to get behind him, and our players need to get behind him. Um, otherwise he'll be off to Saudi Arabia at some point <laughs> he might be Sinky we've seen a bit of it when Neil Lennon came back for his spell in, in the Covid season that we seem to still be talking about but he also came back and said do you know what I'm a different manager I'm more mellow I've matured with age and all that stuff and it didn't work just go and be who you are be the, be the spiky character that got success be the guy that, that motivates guys and fires guys up and, and puts his heart on his sleeve and, and gets results through it. And I think at the moment, Brendan Rodgers isn't fully being himself. I, maybe, as I say, he feels awkward, shy, embarrassed, whatever. And, and he's got ego, but we're not seeing the ego. I, I want him to bring it back, to be honest with you, because I think we're getting this diet version and, and I don't like it. Um, last question as we do move on from this uh, section. As all of this, let's look at the bigger picture. It's one defeat in three games. It's League Cup. I'd rather lose a League Cup game than a League game and, and whatever else, but... Is this all just early season stuff as we get used to a new manager and a new style of play and do we all just need to calm the f*** down? <laughs> is, is that where we're at? Well, I would say so. Aye, we're very early days. I mean, what happens in the next the next week or two will potentially define our season, but the, in, the injuries haven't helped. Let's be honest about it. The injuries, bringing in new players, adapting a new style. I, I do believe Rodgers is a right man for the job. I've not got any qualms about admitting that at all. It's going to take time, right? But as I said to you, to, you know the, the the Celtic fans, right? And so he's not he's not going to get the same 
he's not got the same amount of credit in the bank than Ange, than Ange had coming in after Lennon. So it, we wanted to hit the ground running. It's no happened. Sketchy performance against Aberdeen. The, 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 the result master performance somewhat. Ross County wasn't the greatest in the second half. But it is early days. And to, to, to define the season after one defeat in the League Cup is a bit harsh. So... I'm sure we'll be sitting here and may go and oh, great season, whatever it is. But nah, and one one game, one defeat. I can't, I can't, I can't go in too hard. To win. I know we've went in hard. <laughs> players bored a lot. The folks are bang, but you can't. You, you just need to kind of ride it out. We've got good players to come back, and we're a lot of good players. And I'm hoping that we get our finger out and make some good signings. Yeah, sounds like you're apologising after the fact. There, think you've slated everybody, and it's no, like, no. Yeah, listen, I've got to keep it half positive. <laughs> Glass is half full okay, yeah, exactly. um, But listen I saw one At Kilmarnock on Sunday No doubt But some early season Warning signs That we definitely need to address And as we mentioned It could be a season defining 10 days or so ahead As we head into the, the Closing days of the transfer market As we've seen On the last day Of the summer transfer window In 2021 It is possible To get quality At a late stage in the game As Celtic brought in A centre half A striker and a winger in the shape of Carter Vickers, Georges Giacomakis and Jota. But Sinky, based on what you've seen so far of this season, what's now your new priorities as we head into these closing days of the window? Um, left back. Definitely left back and a striker. Um, a big, big Gigi. I would have bit your hand off to get him back playing with Roger style. Obviously we're missing O, but I'd say a centre forward. I used to have talked about the show the last few weeks. A left back, a conventional left back and a, and a centre forward and someone like a kind of Aaron Moy type um, that ball retainer uh, someone who just sits and, and passes the ball side to side and, keep, and keeps it simple we need, we need that so three positions for me centre forward defensive centre mid and a, and a left back I'm 100% with you on left back and striker they're my absolute must Paddy if we could only get two guys in for me it's got to be those two you've leaned towards a midfielder uh, mm -hmm. recently haven't mm -hmm. you and, I, and I've seen a lot of clamour for that uh, you know last night and beyond after the result what kind of midfielder do you think we need? Just kind of an enforcer, really. Uh, someone that's going to be box to box. Um, and I get the, the kind of game that we're trying to play with uh, bringing our two attacking mids up a bit further. But that player that's kind of going to be hanging back there is is under a lot of pressure. We need someone that's going to run box to box for 90 minutes enough energy to support what we're trying to do with that transition. Almost, and and. I'm not saying that we're going to do this all the time, but almost the way Ange had um, the, even Moyer or Hatati dropping back, getting the ball from McGregor and then bringing it in. Um, I think that we, we we really need to look at that and make sure that we're not leaving ourselves exposed through the middle. I just that's a that's a real worry for me watching yesterday. Why can't Celtic's recruitment get this deep line midfielder right? We've gone through a whole host of guys: Adeguchi, Abugard. Iwata's not doing it. Question marks over Quan already. James McCarthy hasn't worked out. And then some. There's all sorts of guys that we've tried to get in between Ange, back to Lennox, Sorrow, Jizo. Uh, loads of guys. Why, why is that such a hard position to find? It's a, it's a difficult position to play. I think there's a lot on your shoulders. There's a guy carrying the team last season with it and starting to show little weaknesses this season because he's basically been exposed. And that's Callum McGregor. I think that it's a very difficult position to to, to fill. Um, this is again where these guys make their money. It's not it's not for me to answer that question. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry <laughs> for asking. Sorry. Thank you. Is it hard to um, put anything on Callum McGregor? You're too heavily at this moment in time. He's he's not at a great start to the season. He's not timed it that well. You know, he signed his new. Is it a four or a five year deal? Um, it's not a great time to then dip, particularly when a new manager comes in. But to give him and others leeway Dipson former part of football so is that all it is or is Callum McGregor who turned 30 in the summer starting to show a wee bit of signs that you know that can happen he's played he's played enough every minute every game for the last 3-4 years so mm. I, I wouldn't say it's taking its toll but it's just, just a dip in form for him he'll come good I don't I actually don't I mean I'm hoping Taylor comes good as well but McGregor's been a, a, a standout performer not just for us for, for Scotland as well I, I've not got any I, honestly I think he'll really really have a dip in form, take a look at yourself. He's the kind of guy that would probably take a lot of that yesterday and, and, and look at his own performance and what he can improve on and then and kick on again. Where do you think we're going to see the best of him, Paddy? Do you think he's going to become more advanced? Will he become one of those two higher midfielders that get on the end of the, the kill go through balls and the, the creative stuff up top? If the right players come in, um, I don't think they'll, they'll 
be too adventurous and try that just now um, after after yesterday's result. Um, I've spoke a lot about Joe Hart in the sense of, you know, he needs a settled back line in front of him. I don't think it's too different to say that Callum McGregor needs to know who he's playing alongside as well and needs to know them inside out too. I think yesterday what we were noticing was maybe two or three more extra touches to see if he trusted the pass he was going to play. And I've not seen that from McGregor before, but that, that comes from knowing your your midfield, knowing who you've got coming up at the sides, uh, whether it be Greg Taylor or Ralston, and you need to you need to trust him. I didn't I didn't see that from him yesterday. You mentioned Joe Hart, um, and he's on the list. Can we get away, Sinky? We and, and if that's the right word, can we get away with one more season of Joe Hart? Yes, I think we can. I know I know people are scheming out, and everyone I've spoke to, they're, they're dying for a replacement. I think we'll get one more season out of him and then it's time for definite change. Maybe identify someone in January. There's, there's mention, obviously, the Croatia goalkeeper for forever. Mm-hmm. That, that speculation's on forever. I think we'll get one more one more season out of Hart. I mean, I like Karen. He's great for the dressing room. He came, he came along at the right time for us and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll get one more year out of him. I, I like him a lot as well and I think he's got a huge part to play. But what I'm annoyed at, Paddy, is that Celtic's a club under Anjan Rodgers now. They've let it get to a stage where he's got next to no competition. None of the two of those lads, Bain and Segrist, are, are chapping the door at all, are they? And even I suggested that one of those two might have got a game in the League Cup on Sunday. They're nowhere near it. They're, they're, they're not chapping the door. They're, I'm sure they're good professionals. And apparently Scott Brain, Bain's a great laugh, which is fantastic, right? But they've got to bring more to the party, haven't they? They've got to, you know, competition makes everybody better. And if they're not better than Joe Hart, that's fine. But can they put pressure on him and, and breathe down his neck and, and let it be known that if he makes one more mistake they're going to come in and we don't have a, a good competitive situation at the back there we don't and I think the reason for that is because we're, we're giving the respect to Joe Hart that he's, he's going to have another probably one final season with us as number one um, I don't like that I think that I've, I've said quite a, well I think I said since January that we should be looking at a goalkeeper this summer um, I think we need to keep everyone on their toes in every single position and it doesn't change when it comes to a goalkeeper, I get it domestically. I think we can take the risk. But in Europe, I mean, it showed last season against Leverkusen, albeit he put it down to the tactics. But at the end of the day, um, we need someone who is is going to be able to play the, the way we, we want to play. And I think that he has came at the right time. I would thank him for everything that he's done. But I think we need to be a bit more ruthless as a football club um, with certain players. Um, it's the kind of the same where we're obviously seeing a lot of people after two or three weeks speaking about Turnbull coming into the team, uh, for me, that these are guys that could not make the grade at all last season. And all of a sudden, uh, that, that, that their starters we were crying out for an increase in the level last season after the Champions League campaign. And we've sat in our hands. That's a big worry. Yeah, so far we've definitely not had that increase, no doubt. Um, there's a few rumours doing the rounds. Sinky mentioned Daniel Prudence at Wills. He's well out of the picture there. He's a £12 million footballer, so I don't know how realistic that is. Kieran Tierney, unrealistic again for me. Um, there is a fella, I think it's uh, Matthias Kvitsgarden, a 21-year-old striker at Bronby. He seems to be making some headlines, but not a lot of rumours. And, and to an extent, I'm OK with that because Celtic have been good at keeping their business quiet and under wraps, and then they just spring it on you when they make the announcement. So the real big hope has got to be that there's so much going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. And that this week alone, we're recording here on Monday night, but that this week and the early part of next week, we start to see some proper arrivals. But as we start to wrap up this section, I'm just going to ask you both for one position. You can have one player, one position you can prioritise. I'll come to you first, Paddy. Who do you take? A winger. A winger. A Jota style winger, a, a Maverick. A... Go for Jota. If he's going to leave, try and get him back. If not, I, I wouldn't mind if we if we spent a little bit extra on, on Podence. I think that uh, impressed me at any time. I remember watching him with uh, Olympiacos who oh. looked, looked pretty decent so so you'd, you'd push the boat out for that star quality on the wing you have to yeah, you have to we're missing a spark aren't we we've said that between you know some of our recordings and, and articles in recent days we are missing the the, the Jota spark that, that he brings in Kyogo can only do so much and Kyogo gets definite pass marks for Sunday I think and one of very few but we're missing that creative spark we are and I don't think it's any um, any worry for someone like Bodens as well in terms of how we're getting them from moves He's been a, a regular player for them the last three seasons. It's only because he's in the final year of his contract and I think they're they're struggling a bit for money. So I think that's why they're, they're trying to get something for him this summer. 
Okay, so a winger for Paddy Sinky, what's your priority? Striker, uh, centre forward. Obviously, we've all been injured. Kyogo carrying the can. Um, Eden happens to him and he puts himself about for being such a, a slight guy. Um, to him to go to January the foot being injured is a bit of a hard, hard ask. And Maeda through the middle just gives me heart palpitations <laughs> after that one and a half So I uh, definitely a striker for me, you know. Yeah, it's a left back for me. Um, I just think if you can get somebody solid in there and, and close the door, you imagine Alistair Johnson, Carter Vickers, one of Bielka, Lager Bielka, sorry, and uh, Navrotsky and a really good left back. That's a solid back four. And if you close the door at the back, you've got every chance at every level of football. And I think that's something we need to prioritise. Um, but whatever we do in the coming days is Brendan Rodgers said in his interview. <laughs> what have we got here? Hello, <laughs> Moto. <laughs> Thank you, phone. Unbelievable. <laughs> Aye, make that your last. Um, Works call, mate. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, as I'm saying, it can't just be numbers for numbers' sake. It just can't be bodies just for the sake of getting figures in the door. Rogers has said it has to be quality. We cannot go back, Paddy, to those days of Jeremy Tolian and Timothy Ware that you mentioned and, and Oliver Burke. You know, if you think uh, Maeda gives you the heebie-jeebies oh, to all of those guys. See, he came on the, uh, for Werder Bremen against Bayern Munich the other day. Who did? Uh, Oliver Burke. What an agent. Oh, he's a, his what? agent is an, a, agent? A, an absolute genius of a man, his agent. But whatever we bring in, it must be quality. So let's see what Celtic do over the next 10 days or so. Okay, it's now time for the path to paradise. Sinky, is your phone off? It's off to you. Sorry. Apologies, guys. <laughs> so you'll know by now the way this works. Each week I'll tell you the clubs a player has played for before his time at Celtic and also any teams after he left. All you need to do is name the player in question. Lads, are you ready for this week's path to paradise? Go for it, mate. Go for it. Okay, here we go. Motherwell, Celtic, Derby County, Bristol City, Kerala Blasters, Motherwell, Atletico Calcutta, Motherwell. And have a wee think while we play this next message. While the guys are trying to figure that one out, I want to remind you that now's the time to go all in on the new season by signing up for all of the additional content we provide listeners over on the Celtic Exchange Plus. At the Celtic Exchange Plus, you can enjoy extra episodes from us throughout the week with pre and post match podcasts for every Celtic game, as well as bonus episodes with ex players, coaches, journalists, and much more. In addition, you'll also get early access to our weekly show ahead of its general release, and you can also listen to all of our episodes completely ad-free. You can test the water right now at absolutely no cost by starting your free seven-day trial at theceltichexchange.com. And if you like what you're hearing, you can then enjoy everything we offer from just $3.75 a month if choosing the annual subscription option. Go all in on Celtic this season with the Celtic Exchange Plus. Ensure you don't miss any of the action as the treble champions of Scotland go all out to defend their trophies. Get started in less than two minutes at theceltichexchange.com and we'll see you on the other side. Now, eagle-eared listeners will know that we're, yeah, we're currently the treble champions of Scotland, but we can't now go all out to defend those trophies because we're out of the League Cup. Uh, but the message applies. Get on the Celtic Exchange Plus. Um, Sanky, I think you've got the answer. I don't know if that's what somebody was phoning you with, but do you want to reveal who you've got? If anybody from my work's watching this, this is recorded at seven at night, not four. I've <laughs> <laughs> got the answer. Paddy, Paddy's got it. On you go, mate. Uh, um, no, you take it. You take it as... It is. I think, I think I'm going to change the format to be discussed. Uh, I like the path to, to paradise, but it's just a wee bit too easy. I think it is hard to make it hard without going to... Betty Peacock's you know pathway to paradise and stuff like that so I'll maybe mix that up in, in the weeks ahead but so far so good for you lads what we'll do we'll post a graphic for this week's path to paradise on Twitter and Instagram on Tuesday morning so if you want to have a guess let us know there and we'll reveal the answer a bit later on Time for this week's listener's question, which today comes from Greg Rankin, who's one of our subscribers over at the Celtic Exchange Plus thanks to Greg for subscribing and thanks for the question so he asks would fans accept not targeting a treble every year if it meant we could use the domestic cups to give youngsters valuable first-team experience and at the same time, this would then keep players such as Callum McGregor, Kyogo and others as fresh and focused as possible for, for prioritising the league and the Champions League. Your initial thoughts on that, Paddy? I get the idea of the model. I, um, I think that it's pretty much in use all the time down south um, with, with the majority of the bigger teams there. The worrying thing is... and. I understand that we need these players to come and develop, but there hasn't been really any players of real note that are knocking on the doors at the moment. And if they are knocking on the door, there's a bigger team snooping around them and getting them. We look at Ben Doak, we look at Lee Morrison going over to Bayern Munich. I think that we 
we we did kind of try and do that under Lennon for a little bit. I even seen it little bits from uh, from Dyla trying it as well, and it just seemed to go out the door really with Rogers and Ange. I don't think you should expect those games. For me, I, I think you you take the chances to go out and loan. You you learn at different divisions. I understand that the the, the lower leagues of Scottish football, League One, League Two, aren't a great quality. I know the championships got a lot better lately. Um, but for me, I think you, you really, you, you earn that. I don't think you expect that. As a, I, as a young player? As mean? a young player, you earn your starting place. You earn your your chance to train with the first team. And yes, it's very hard at Celtic. I, I totally understand that. We are in such a precarious position that we want to win trophies. But this is this is football. This is why we do that. It's not a case of waiting to see if these young guys will come good. Yeah. So it's a no for me. Sinky, from a, a manager's point of view, a coach's point of view, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Just say you get down this route. It's all good in theory, but then people pay pay their money. You say you go up to Ross County and you've got a team full of kids to watch there and you can beat one now. How much are you into the the system then? You might buy into it when it's put down on paper or asked that question on a forum like this, but the reality is every time you you know, you go and support your team, every time you switch on the telly to support your team or anything like that, you want them to win and it's it's just the cutthroat environment itself. I, I like it as a theory, but I'm just not sure how I'd feel about it when the, the reality comes to play. No, that's a good question. It does work in England, as Paddy says, um, when they play lesser opposition or even similar opposition, they kind of have a gentleman's agreement to play their young their young boys or people that's not a lot of game time within within their squad. At, at Celtic, you just, you're right, you know, you're damned if you do. They wouldn't accept... They wouldn't accept that, and it's great to see young players come through and like your Tainies, your McGregor's, your Forrest, and stuff like that. But I think we're at a point now where the, the expectation of the fans is to win every game, mm -hmm. has always been, and win every trophy we're involved in. And they run the risk. I mean, look, if you look at the Commandment game, for example, you would say they were lesser opposition, you could play young a young kid down there, but it's not like that in the, in the real world, especially not at Celtic, no. uh, where chances are few and far between. I mean, there's talk about young Vata. Been going, going, losing, losing him potentially as well, mm -hmm. and we've tried to integrate him a couple of times. He's had a bit of a game time uh, pre-season and in the last season as well. I think it's just a difficult one for a manager of Celtic, where you're expected to win all the time. And we've been in positions before, but we've, we've we've managed to win the league with maybe four or five games to go. We've not even integrated young players after the league's done enough to we still play yeah. play players that have maybe a lot of game time that are <coughs> done on the wage bill we would still never integrate a young player so it's, it's difficult that's probably why the kind of B team model works obviously in the Lowland, Lowland League we, we use that now um, to kind of breed our young players and get them game time and get them roughed up for the real world but we've not really seen anyone come through out of that model much at all it is so difficult see if you look at Celtic's end of season league fixtures so Celtic won an historic eighth treble in the season past there. And in one of the final games we get beat, was it 4-2 off Hibs? And it was an absolute disaster. You know, quote-unquote, oh, that's a disgrace and all that stuff. And we lost Ibrox, a disgrace. doesn't matter. doesn't matter in the bigger picture. But you're right, fans wouldn't have accepted the kids playing that day. We get beat at Rugby Park on Sunday there. An absolute disaster. And you imagine, had we played the kids as well, what were we doing playing the kids? Disgrace. So... It'd have been great for Rocco Vata or kids of his nature or the sub goal to get a game. But you're on a hiding to nothing as a coach if you if you take that approach. But the challenge back, Paddy, um, and I don't have the answer, and I don't know if anyone's got the answer. Where where, if not these games, do these kids get a chance to prove themselves? The Lowland League is not the level. No. With all respect that there's some decent sides there, but you're also playing against some real average teams. And I don't think it's a great grounding for the B team lads. I like the fact that Ben Summers has gone to Dunfermline. Championship, good level. He'll be well coached there. I think it's at James McPake. And I think it's a, it's a good level in general. Boston Lawal has gone to League One in England, which is a decent standard under Bruni. And I think loan moves of that are good ideas. But the B system and the current structure and what they're doing, the, the bottom line is, the proof is in the pudding. Who's the, who's the latest kid to come through? And guys, I've got a wee bit of first team action. Ben Doak's a bit of an outlier. Caramel Codembele flirted with being a success at Celtic. But the, the names you mentioned, Sinky, Tierney, McGregor, Forrest, Tony Ralston and Welsh, maybe, but lesser extent. There's no superstars coming through at Celtic and that's a, that's a concern. It is a concern. I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head though. It's As a as a coach, it's a very difficult one. But as we as supporters, you know, and this is no disrespect to the rest of the league, it's a tough slog sometimes watching that full season. It really is. So when we get our dates at Hamden, when we get a semi-final or a final, it's an occasion. 
it's what we pay our money for, it's what we celebrate with. What the, the league need to look at, what the league have been flirting with for quite a while, but just don't really have a final answer in is a bit of a restructuring of the, the Scottish football pyramid. And for me, I think the investment from all teams needs to be put back in to the youth setups and allowing for a reserves league to kick back in again. I think that the Colts standard isn't going to do anything. These younger guys playing against each other, good players that are, are on the brink of something. I think back to the reserve leagues under Martin O'Neill and the amount of young players that were in and out of the team under, under O'Neill because they were doing well at a good level. But what they used, and I always just remember this, was with Paul Lambert in his final kind of four or uh, five months at the club was in and out the reserve side helping them mm -hmm. but playing the game and showing them this is what you can do so regulations of that type maybe two or three of your first team or your senior team can come into that setup as well something like that should be brought back but there's just not enough money in the league to do it that's yeah. the worry and that's the issue I'd agree with you because the stuff that some of these players must learn and in the past must have learnt from playing against real experienced competitors guys who are maybe themselves coming at the top end of their career but have got so much to offer at the moment the B team will go and play I don't know, is it civil service strollers and Stirling Uni and East Kilbride and all those teams? And for a start, they're just playing amongst their own age group. So it's a, it's a team of 18 and 19 year old kids. Where's the guy in that dressing room to go and lead them and say, ah, do you know what? When you're up against it, you need to do this or you need to do that or show a bit of savvy. They don't have that within their own dressing room, let alone, you know, in the players that they're playing against. You know, they're, they're playing against part time players, you know, almost exclusively. So. I don't know the answer. I, I, I mean, a final question on this, but I think, you know, you've you've kind of given your, your answer away is if all Celtic won was the league for the next, I don't know, three, five, six, seven seasons, but no domestic cups and maybe a bit of progress in Europe as well into the mix, would you be happy with that? No. No? I like my I like my trophy early, League Cup, and I like my day out in May. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know. I know I'm not getting it this year, but I, that's, that's, that's what we like. We like, it, we like a, a trophy early and we like our day out in May and obviously we, the league's the priority. But just to just to touch on it quickly, the likes here, Ben Dokes and Liam Morris, they wouldn't have mattered if they'd played five or six first-team games. When, when Liverpool come calling and Bayern Munich come calling, you're off, regardless. There's definitely that in terms of the stature of those clubs. Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Man City, they've all taken players off Celtic in recent times. The thing that grates with Rocco Vata's situation, it seems that agents have gotten his head. He signed with CAA Base, which is Ange's agency, Son and various other big hitters. And they've clearly said, you only sign or change agents when you're looking to aggravate a move, generally speaking. So I think he's got a year left of his deal, but it sounds like you know he's been advised to not take that deal. He would benefit massively from playing some first-team games at Celtic just now, you know, and, and the the opportunity that would probably probably be there for him. You know, Ange was starting to bring him into the first team and, and he got a bit of game time and he looked lively enough. Not the finished article by any stretch, but lively enough. Now, I hope I'm, I really hope I'm wrong, but you can see Rocco Vata joining the conveyor belt of kids that leave Celtic for what they think is better and just drift into obscurity. And there's every chance that could I hope it doesn't, but there's every chance that could happen to someone like him. Listen, it's a great question. Thanks to Greg for sending it in. And thanks to him and all the others who have signed up at the Celtic Exchange Plus, of course, for the season ahead. If you want to submit a question of your own for a future episode, you can do so in a few different ways. Tweet us at Celtic Exchange. Email me directly on tino at theceltichexchange.com. Or if you want to actually hear yourself on the show, you can leave the question as a voice clip on speakpipe.com slash Celtic Exchange. Just a few different bits of news as we start to wrap things up for this week, lads. So we've barely touched on it, but Stephen Welsh signed a new deal until 2027. Great news for him. And then, as I say, he gets injured immediately. Um, I wonder, I hope it's not just to tick the box for the home player or the homebred ground players, Paddy. What's the term I'm looking for? Uh, I, I, uh, home <laughs> quota, players. Home home players. <laughs> I hope there's more to it. I hope he's not just getting signed to tick a box. I hope they see something in him. Um, but good news for Stephen Welsh. He must be doing something well behind the scenes. Great news for Stephen Welsh. I hope he's got something to offer. I really do, and I hope he kicks on. Um, Sinky, aside from everything else, we play St Johnston on Saturday at Celtic Park. It's a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, we couldn't have picked a better opponent. They've had five losses in six games. They are dot cotton and they're bottom of the league table. So it's a good chance to to get back to Celtic Park and, and regain a bit of confidence ahead of what's going to be a tough trip to Ibrox. 100% you're right. The opposition should be able to put a, a decent performance in and get back on track. Um, but we need, we need something. We need, we need a lift. And that, that game's coming out. It's going to be a long week up until the St. Johnson game. Um, and I'm hoping... 
it's made a little bit better with some some transfer market moves as well. But yeah, it's a great great gate bounce back, hundred yeah, percent. Here's hoping, Paddy. Your final comments as we wrap up. What's been a, a pretty busy show. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, going to be a long week. I think a long couple of weeks for us. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, we're working behind the scenes and and getting what players we require in the door. Um, I think all injuries back, we're still light. Um, so that that needs to that needs to be answered before the the window closes. Um, it's not it's not all worry. I know that, but it's um, this this result has possibly came at a good time. You might be right. It's, it's a fair comment, Sinky. Good to have you back on the show. Any final comments yourself as we wrap things up? Um, pretty much the same as Paddy. Uh, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Don't know if we'll be back after the <laughs> the phone get off, but no, I know. That's a plenary for you. I, I know, but I've got my first fight of the season. First first game back. <laughs> um, the Kamarnock, I mean, it's very hard to take the positives out of, out of the result. Um, if you're going to get a result of that, it's better to come early in the season. Yes, you learn a lot from a defeat. So it might not be the worst, but it's clear to see that there's there's still a lot of work to be done behind the scenes in terms of getting it together, the cohesion between the players, the instructions, the system, the intensity. There's lots and lots of stuff to come out of that performance yesterday. Hopefully we can build on that and look at that back and go, listen, this is where we need to be. But as I said, we need some signings in the door, some quality signings. Yeah, but here's hoping Kilmarnock could be a blessing in disguise. So that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to Paddy and Sinke for joining me today. And as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back with the Celtic Exchange Weekly this time next week or if you want even more from us then visit theceltichexchange.com to enjoy all the extra content we offer at the Celtic Exchange Plus. Once you've done so, you'll be able to hear from us again on Friday as we bring you the match preview for Saturday's league game with St Johnson. Until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon. Hold up. 